Constellation. 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 Welcome to Inner Bloom, a podcast about spirituality and intuitive empowerment where we help each other evolve and ascend through conscious community. I'm Alexa, a healer who utilizes EFT, also known as tapping, to help you process stuck emotions, release limiting beliefs, and reconnect with your inner child. I'm Ambrosia, a psychic medium and Arcturian channel, here to uplift and inspire you to see that you are capable of more than you know. Together, we empower people to live extraordinary lives. We do want to warn you, if you hang out with us long enough, you'll start to believe in yourself and realize that you're capable of anything. Enjoy Enjoy the the show. show. Hi, everybody. I'm working out the technical logistics over here. Um, So I am Ambrosia. I have a lovely guest today, Nike Oria. She is an ancestral um, healer. She is also um, definitely someone who I feel like empowers a lot of different people and helps create safer spaces for BIPOC. Is that a fair assessment of what you do, beautiful? Yes. <laughs> good, good, good. So if you are the most popular guest that we have had on the podcast, but in case no one has listened to your many episodes that you've been on before, can you give us a little background of who you are, how we know you, um, how you've been in the community for so long, how long you've been doing this work, etc. cetera. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So hello, everybody. I'm Nike. Um, I have been interwebbed with the interview community since I feel like the start mm-hmm. of the podcast. Um and I've had the pleasure of both working with Alexa and Ambrosia. Ambrosia was my intuitive coach, so it really helped me hone my intuition and my psychic abilities. And then um, they've been supporting me throughout my journey as well um, and giving me so much insight. And I hope I've done the same for them. <laughs> I feel like Absolutely. we have a very equal energy exchange relationship, which is really nice. Um, especially in the spiritual community. Sometimes there's like a hierarchy, but I feel like we're pretty balanced. So I appreciate y'all so much. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I've actually had a really interesting journey to where I am now. Like I started with um, goddess work and divine feminine work, which I think, you know, definitely was something that encouraged me to do like coaching and classes, but I wasn't quite on the nail with it. Like I was still um, contributing, I feel like harmfully because I was looking at everything within spirituality and a patriarchal whitewash view. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was like my stepping stone. But once I started to do my own intuitive work, and then, which was to you, Ambi, too, right? Like once I was able to empower myself and to understand my intuition um, and to connect, that's when I started to do ancestral work, which really connected me to the work that I do now. So I would say honing the skill of your intuition and your abilities is so important because it helps you um, become in tuned with more of like your soul purpose, but also with your ancestral lineage and inheritance and gifts. 
Um, yeah. yeah, because we are all socialized to behave in a certain way. Mm-hmm. And I think the way that we usually talk about it, especially in the spiritual sense is like, so, um, so dramatic, like we'll say, can you hear the background or no? Are we good? A little bit, but it's not bad. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> You'll hear like, um, everyone's sheeps and no, oh, yeah. everyone follows each other without really understanding the nuance and how ingrained it is. Um, in the sense of like, not everyone's sheep, but we have been socialized to obey by the patriarchy or we mm-hmm. have been socialized to stereotype people. And that's the thing that creates the division or we've been socialized um, to prefer individualism instead of community. So then that creates a division. Um, so I feel like I found that space within my spirituality, which I'm really happy, um, but my journey has been ooh, all over the place. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like that's, I agree with that. I I feel like as you continue down the spiritual community, your journey kind of, you find out that there's a lot of little like groups in the spiritual community and you don't just because we're spiritual doesn't mean we all align with each other. Right. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that's something to discover as well. And going into, um, creating community and being a part of a community and really wanting to be accepted by a community. I think that's a beautiful um, segue into our title today, which Mm -hmm. is why is everyone gay? And it's really, um, it's really funny because I've talked to Alexa about this. We've had a little brief of my backstory and things like that, but we haven't really had a guest on the podcast where we deep dive into the intricacies of um, social norm and social expectations and things like that. And so what are your thoughts? Why is everyone gay? I think, well, first of all, I think that a lot of things, especially when it comes to human preference, behaviors, et cetera, is just on a spectrum. Like not, no one is one thing. Yes, right. maybe you, le- you lean like on the right, on the left, on top, bottom, or in the middle. But right. I feel like there's always fluidity And also that it's not always constant. Like we can find ourselves in one position and then transit to another and that's okay. And Mm -hmm. I feel like our socialization and what has become the norm, not only in the States, but just holistically as humans is to know oneself and to stick to it forever, which is impossible. (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. And then um, there's a little bit of a stigma around it too. We're like, I feel like people really are resistant to change, which is ironic because we're constantly changing. Our hair is growing, our nails are growing, our teeth are getting yellow. Yeah. <laughs> but things are constantly changing older. about ourselves. We're getting yeah. older. Um, but you'll see like a huge resistance to change and you'll see, I feel like it's usually like a, like a trauma response or like something with the inner child of like not stability or something that's deeper. But then the reaction to something is like, huge and then that's when you see people will try to control other people's like bodily rights and control human rights and control um the path of other people right because we're so resistant to change even though it's consistently happening Mm. because we are so tied to having one solid identity when really it should be fluid because as human beings we are fluid Mm -hmm. yeah a hundred percent i i couldn't agree with that more and i think that I'd love to know your view on ancestrally what's happening here, because it feels like 
my thoughts and ideas are um, as far as what what's going on with everybody being gay, right? As far as that is concerned, I personally feel like there was no representation growing up for me in high school, right? I can only speak mm-hmm. for myself, but I feel like a lot of women my age have this same um, lack of representation happening. And so you see what would be a stereotypical age of someone coming out, which would be like high school, college, that age mm-hmm. category. And now you have so many women have come to me and been like, I think that I'm at least bisexual. There's something happening here. I'm attracted to women. Mm-hmm. And we're close to 40. I will deny it in the future. Anyway, my point is that it's it's this interesting uh, dynamic of I've never questioned my sexuality before um, because everybody assumes you're straight. And that is something that my mother and I had a conversation around a lot several months ago before she stopped talking to me, which is nobody asks you conversations about your sexuality it's always assumed that people are straight which i think is really Mm -hmm. um fucked up but i digress yeah well because now we have created that to be the norm so everyone Mm -hmm. assumes that one particular way is right this is like neurodivergency versus being neurotypical everyone assumes Mm -hmm. that the neurotypical way is the correct way because Mm -hmm. But really, actually, I feel like has to do with white supremacy, right? Because white supremacy has created standards. And so Mm -hmm. that's one of the things, right? So that's why there's homophobia, because white supremacy says that you should be straight, which is also tied to evangelistic Christianity. It's like all intertwined, which is also Mm -hmm. tied to capitalism, because you want the family unit, because of course, you want someone to have a family and feel like they have to rely on their job to continue working for you, even if it's like the lowest pay, and you're taking advantage of them. Right. So there's so much nuance in this topic. But I think, um, yeah, I totally agree with you. When we don't see something around us, we don't even feel like it's an option to think about. So I feel like a lot of people feel like it's not an option to be gay or to Mm -hmm. be like sexual, right? That's Mm -hmm. just not an option. That's not for them. Without really feeling and thinking, what feels good to me? (laughs) You know? Yeah, It's it's like we're relying on like what we think others have uh, accepted our roles are without really in tuning, like what feels good to me and how do I want to live out my life? Mm -hmm. Because also the labels, right? Like, I think it's really great to have a word for something, but sometimes it could be to the excess of like, mm-hmm. well, I associate this word with this one thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't want to be this association. So I don't want to be that word. 100%. 1,000%. 1, I could not have said that better myself. I feel like growing up for me, gay, lesbian was always associated with a negative stereotype. And I don't want to be associated with a negative stereotype. And unfortunately, with my personal situation, I was very correct in the aspect of if I am this, then I will not receive love because Mm. my mother showed me that, yes, if you are gay, if you are a lesbian, you will not receive my love. And so I think a lot of people go through that as well Is I will be um, exiled from my family unit. I won't have any love anymore things like that and that and for a really long time in movies the gay character was also associated with tragedy with sadness they don't get the happy ending 
And so it's really interesting that you bring that up because that is definitely a stereotype that does not fall into um, what is should be expected of you, especially if you are a feminine presenting person. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, yeah. And it's just the stigma of it all. And that's where intersectionality plays in, right? Because mm-hmm. if we can understand that about the association of like gay, then we should understand that about the association of black and then trans mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. um, Jewish and then disabled and then um, like immigrants. Like, right? There's like all these associations to mm-hmm. certain things. And so that's also why I think this is where the ancestral comes in. I think sometimes depending on, because our lines are so vast, right? So that we have like ancient ancestors, like the most recent, but I would say with like the most recent is where, like I would say the last eight generations, that's where it comes to mind, is where there's been a lot of this heavy embedment of socialization because it was really like survive mm-hmm. or you're just not here anymore. Mm-hmm. And so that's why socialization has worked so well because a lot of people had to do it out of survival right Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. a lot of people had to participate in these things because it was either that or death and now it's a little bit less that but the fear is still embedded in our emotional bodies and our nervous system um but then also we have to recognize that our ancestors because they were faced with such a intense decision Mm -hmm. they probably have a lot of internalized oppression and internalized oppression is when you start to believe the things that are said about your identity even if Mm -hmm. you don't recognize that you identify you identify with that um, Mm -hmm. certain identity so for a lot of people they might have um, internalized homophobia Mm -hmm. that they might be a part of the lgbtqia plus community as they should or they might have internal bias against their race, right? And so they'll try to uh, say that like, oh, but I'm like 40% like indigenous, <laughs> you know, right, outside right. of like what they actually are. Yeah. Or they might have internalized ab- um, ableism, right? Like glasses wearers, technically you're disabled, but it's mm-hmm. so normalized now mm-hmm. that we don't recognize that a lot of us will be disabled in our lifetime, yet we have such a, a disconnection from disabled individuals who need our support. Yeah. Right. So we're also dealing with the layers of internalized oppression that we have seen from our parents and then on. Mm -hmm. Um, So sometimes that's ancestral, like it has really nothing to do with you. Right. It's like this reflection, whether it's like themselves of like, I might be a part of this identity or like, someone I knew, someone I was close to was a part of this identity and it like ruined something for me. Like it wasn't cohesive for me or like Mm -hmm. there was instability for me. Um, And it's really hard in the moment to understand that, right? Because you're like, it's coming all at you, right? Mm -hmm. And it feels like you're the target, but really it has to do with them. It's a reflection of how they feel about themselves. Yeah, I think that's, Again, that's really well said. And I feel like uh, we can all relate to having that internalized whatever whatever category you, disabledism, homophobia, racism, whatever the case may be, right? Where you are justifying why you don't belong in that box, why you don't belong mm-hmm. in that category because they think it's easy to dehumanize people that way, right? Yeah. Well, they're this way because of this and so they deserve it in some way we rationalize 
we dehumanize them. And because of that, we make their struggle, their pain, whatever the case may be, um, more comfortable for us. Mm -hmm. So what's interesting, going back into my example, is that the reason my mother was not okay with it or is not okay with it is because she didn't want people to treat me badly. She was afraid of how the extreme Christians were going to treat me. And she was afraid, she said, for my safety. But what's interesting is the person, she's the one that ended up hurting me more than anyone else. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I, and it's also interesting, though, it's like, how much are you going to interact with those people that she's afraid of hurting you when you interact with her the most, right? It's like exactly. an illusion of fear. And it's an illusion mm-hmm. of comfort mm-hmm. um, that we're afraid to break down, but it's an illusion. It's not even real in the first place. <laughs> yeah, she sent me this. Um, she sent me this uh, image. And it was basically saying that um, the reason that gayness is spreading, it said gayness on the article, it was a news article. And the reason that gayness is spreading is because the LGBTQIA plus community has figured out how to put it into the air and spread it through the airways. And she said, she sent that to me and said, do you think that's true? And I said, what are you talking about? Like, how, like, what, what is happening here? So I feel like it's just trying to justify why so many things around her are changing. And, Mm -hmm. um, but I feel like it goes back to her really questioning her own sexuality and her really questioning someone that she knew a really, really long time, almost her whole life. Why is this person changing? What does that say about me? Right? Right. Because I, I think there's also a fear around not knowing oneself. Right. Mm, So it's like, mm -hmm. I want to hold on to this identity. I want to hold on to this friendship, this relationship, this circumstance, this job, because it's telling me that I know myself. Yes. Really, again, we're always changing and we're not always going to be the same version of ourselves. And it doesn't mean that the old versions or the other versions are bad. Mm -hmm. I feel like so many people want to be done with their healing and their self actualization not realizing that it will never be done like Mm -hmm. you're never going to be finished I'm a Scorpio rising so the whole thing is like death rebirth I go through a death rebirth like every few months it sucks (laughs) it's a lot but what I've learned through it is that again it's an illusion of like this thing will be like this forever there's no Mm -hmm. way things are Mm -hmm. constantly changing language our bodies our thoughts our understandings our connection, our deep connection, the, the space around us, the people around us constantly changing. So it's only expected or should only be expected that we ourselves are changing. And I wonder what would happen if more people embrace that than rather um, try to run away from that or put up the wall of illusion of like that not happening. Mm. You know what I noticed with a lot of people, and this goes into the identity piece, is that when you ask someone, tell me about yourself, the response that you typically get is I'm married, I have this many kids, or um, this is my job, right? Mm -hmm. That's not really like who we are as people. Yeah. And I feel like going back to ancestral healing, that's who we've been socialized to be is Mm -hmm. I'm in the military, I'm this person. 
So this is a part of my identity. This is who I am now. And if I lose that, like you said, I don't know who I am. So what are, how do people find themselves? How do people, when you answer that question, like, what do you say? I think it's just, it's different depending on the person and like where you can meet yourself, I think. Um, because I think you also have to consider like your inner child, like what's destabilizing for your inner child. Mm. Um, but it's funny that you say like most people, I agree, most people right now, they would say like, they're like, I'm a mom of eight. Oh God, I'm a mom of eight. That's a lot of kids. <laughs> and I'm a nurse. Yeah. And like that, mm-hmm. whereas I was just, what popped in my head is like, um, I think like even like a couple generations ago, like especially like I'm West African. And so it's like, you still know your tribe and you still know your family name. Mm-hmm. But even like to this day, it's like, I say my family name and people are like, oh, I know your family and I know your lineage and I know like how you contributed to the community and to society. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that now, I, I think that's the individualism of it all, right? Like yeah. we're very individual and it's like we're focused on the family unit and family is really important, but family can't be everything. Community can be all embracing you have different members from different parts and um, different perspectives that build you up. So I would say it depends on that. Like, do you focus on individualism or do you um, embrace community? If you focus on individualism and then you also feel alone and sad a lot, find your community, but found your authentic community. Community isn't people who look like you, act like you, think like you, and agree with everything you do. Community are people who will re- embrace you and nurture you and where you feel like you could do the same. Mm. That's the difference, right? I think a lot of times we think this person needs to think how I think and needs to do the same things how I do it and to look like me and have the same background. That will not help you. That's just a cult. <laughs> that's not community. That's a cult. <laughs> yeah, I so. love the way you said that. I love the way you said that because I think as as people, we are attracted to not all people, but some people are attracted to people that look like them, and we mm-hmm. think that act like them, or we think think like us, right? But like you said, um, expansion happens when you go outside of that. Mm-hmm. And are they actually attracted to it, like generally, or are they attracted to the sense of and the illusion of safety, right? Yes, because if everyone perfect. looks like you and acts like you and speaks yeah. like you and thinks like you, then you won't have disagreements and like conflict and have to have hard conversations, mm-hmm. um, which is also a key of white supremacy, right? Like yeah. Yeah. Uh, fear of conflict um, and confrontation. But if you're in a space where, okay, there's different people, different perspectives, and where you're not going to always be validated and right, but you're still like nurtured and you're still held with respect, you're going to see the expansion because, again, you've allowed the illusion of safety to shatter. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't always feel safe. I like to use the term, you know, be uncomfortable within your comfort. So you should Mm -hmm. still have like, a safe space you should still have um autonomy over your own body you should still you know have coping mechanisms that are healthy but within that within the support dive deeper like get into the nitty-gritty understand have those conversations it's beautiful to have a disagreement with someone that you know cares about you and is respectful of you right yeah it's different yeah. mm-hmm 
But so many people are afraid of the disagreement in the first place that they don't even find a space that's safe enough to do it. So their, their experience experience with it is I feel unsafe in the conversation, but also in the situation, Mm -hmm. which is different than I feel uncomfortable, but I feel safe. How do you, why do you feel like so many people are uncomfortable with conflict? Well, again, it is a pillar of white supremacy. Um, there's five concrete pillars of white supremacy. If you don't believe in white supremacy, I'm not the person for you. But there's 15 pillars and one of them is uh, afraid of conflict. And I think it's for a couple things. I think one, it was colonialism, which is like, um, you know, people conquering and colonizing and has created the state of our world that we know for today. Mm-hmm. But with that, the reason why it works so well with like the major European groups like Britain, France, Portugal, tried, Italy, tried, Germany. Um, the reason why it works so well is because they had to demonize other human beings that look different from them. Mm-hmm. And so it either went zero to a hundred. There was no opportunity to have a conversation and maybe mm-hmm. work something out, right? Mm-hmm. It was either um, you get conquered or you are the conqueror. And if right. you get conquered, you're finished. And if you're the conqueror, you gain and you hoard power. Um, so there was no empathy. There was a lot of dehumanizing. There was a lot of demonizing of groups, their culture, their religions, their spirituality, which ironically a lot of us use today. Yeah. Um, so that created not having healthy confrontation because there is healthy confrontation. So mm-hmm. it created the culture of unhealthy confrontation and um, lack of empathy. Yeah. Um, then I think a lot of people with like their inner child work, right? I feel like sometimes in the spiritual community, no shade to no one, but I feel like we're very surface level with inner child work. We kind of treat our inner child like how we treat children today, which has a lot of work, you know? Like we Mm, treat them very like, I feel like sometimes, um, so I'm also a teacher, right? I'm a special education teacher. And um, I just noticed we are used to putting ourselves as on a pedestal as adults to kids. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. To the point We're where like kids. Yeah. yeah. And they see that to the point mm-hmm. where like, then that's how they behave. So I tell my yeah. kids all the time, like um, say one of them is having a tantrum and like they're, we're playing a game they're having a tantrum and then they like get out of their tantrum and they're like, Oh, we're just going to play again. Like maybe I would give them like a stern, like, like, most people I think would say like, that's not good. You need to have like some sort of like punishment, not like corporate punishment, but like maybe like, maybe you'll go back to class. Maybe I'll mm-hmm. call your parent. Maybe we'll have a discussion. I'll literally tell them, I will say that really hurt my feelings. And they look at me, they're like, what? I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. I prepared this game for you. And just because I did something that I wanted to do and I didn't want to follow your rule, then you hurt my feelings by not talking to me anymore and you thought I was going to be okay with it but I'm not okay with that Mm. and they're just like they're always like in amazement that I am putting myself on their level and I even tell them too I was like I was a child too I was in the third grade too yeah you really hurt my feelings (laughs) and they're like wait you were a kid I'm like yeah and I think sometimes we do that with our inner child where we really just 
treat them as children and we think that's what they need right like we're thinking mm. my inner child right now just wants to be treated like a fifth or like a five-year-old because when they were five they didn't feel like they were five like they were treated mm -hmm. like a five but it's like do they want that or do they just want validation and for you to um really honor their feelings right now mm. so yeah i would agree sometimes i feel it's a little it's just like we sometimes i think we mimic what we see in a certain situation mm -hmm. to our healing. And that's not necessarily the key to it all, right? Yeah. Um, I see that in the spiritual space too. I think we mimic sometimes the way the society is in the spiritual space. 100%. That's why you see a lot of popular spiritual leaders are white men or white yeah. women, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or you'll see a lot of patriarchy work, mm -hmm. even the spiritual place, right? Yeah. So. Um, it's not necessarily our thoughts, right? Like I always say that we are socialized to be these ways. So like, it's not, you shouldn't hold shame or guilt for your socialization. Mm -hmm. But once you are conscious of it, that's when you have the power and you have the authority and responsibility to either adjust or contribute mm -hmm. to the harmful systems that are not only harming others, but yourself. Mm. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people get stuck in the the phase of when you're a child, you don't really think of other people, right? Mm -hmm. You think of me, 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 because that's mm -hmm. what your capacity is. And that's fine. Um, but like you said, a third grader doesn't look at you and think that you have feelings or that that might have hurt your feelings. I remember mm -hmm. thinking um, when I was in elementary school that the teachers lived at school, right? Like, yeah. I didn't think like, they have families and children like out, mm -hmm. I didn't humanize them at school. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's lovely and, that you do that. Go ahead. But I'm, and I'm saying that's not the kid's fault too. That was right. instilled in us as children. hundred percent. Right. Yeah. Or like um, sometimes I think, especially on social media, people will be like, um, they'll be a little like amazed about like kids showing empathy and stuff. And I'm like, naturally kids are empathetic. Naturally right. kids are very in tune. Naturally they're all these things. It's the socializations that we place on them, especially starting at young age that we're used to as well, mm -hmm. that is starting to craft them as a human being. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I think we just take what we see and then we apply it into other areas, not realizing that the, the same method isn't going to yield new results. We have to do new methods. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like when we're talking about, <clears throat> excuse me, when we're talking about being in the spiritual community and creating change, it's not replicating what we in society it's actually changing things and what I was saying was that I feel like we get stuck in the phase of me 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 I feel like as adults we still do that we still get stuck mm -hmm. in the phase of me 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 I know that I've been guilty of that a lot of the times I remember the first I'm far too old far too old <laughs> but I remember the first time that I realized that men have feelings and that their feelings got hurt um, far too old to understand that, but I do remember that. And, um, it's interesting when you are taught so many different things, and then you just replicate it outside of these different social groups, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's also interesting how we convince ourselves that it's so different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
We're like, it's a no, no, no. I'm different now. I'm light and low. Exactly. My favorite, my favorite is low vibrational. <laughs> You'll see people say, oh my gosh, that's very low vibrational of you. When yeah. they just are just, they're just replicating simple. Yeah. yeah replicating definitely. what they heard growing up in the church when they were in Sunday school. Mm-hmm. That's a sin. Instead, they're like, mm, that's very low vibrational of you. Yeah. I mean, you know what's funny is that you changed your voice and that is so typical. Like I hear a lot of women that talk like this and everything's Mm -hmm. fine. And it's like, what the fuck? That's not how you sound. Why are you sounding like that? Like, why do you make your voice do that? I don't, that's not more spiritual. But I remember when I was like, uh, almost vegan, I would be like, I'm vegan. And I would be like an asshole about it because I thought that I was better than other people because I was vegan and they weren't. So they were eating foods that were low vibrational and Mm -hmm. I was keeping my body pure. And you know what? If you're vegan, good for you. Just don't be a dick about it. Don't do what I did. Right. It's like all these things. And it's also like, so, um, it's sometimes hypocritical, right? Like some people would say like, Oh, I don't make alcohol. I'm high vibe yeah but then they're like doing coke on the back of yeah. burning man it's like so <laughs> or like i loved when i loved when a lot of people um didn't want to and again this is a touchy topic but i'm going there i didn't want to get the vaccine right because they didn't know what was in it but like they're cool with doing like i don't know ayahuasca from charlie in florida and like you yeah. have no idea what's in that. Like you yeah. think that this yeah. white guy like is is making ayahuasca. You can't make ayahuasca. So like yeah. you know what I mean. Like because you go to this yeah. place, it does not necessarily mean one that you know what's in it, and two that you're better than other people, right? I think that yeah. the big thing here is like the hierarchy situation. Is right. I'm gonna find something to make myself feel better than you, and that is. That's white supremacy, right? Right. You're just replicating it all. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, Can we talk about that too? How like people are willing to, um, they'll be so judgmental about things, some things, but like other things they're so fluid with, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I think it's very ironic when people like tap into all different spiritual spaces, right? From different places around the world and I love the idea of like whatever makes you feel good bro but like just know what you're tapping into right like um I had someone that I was talking to to be a client and they weren't a good fit for a couple reasons they were telling me that they were they were white and they were telling me that they were dabbling into um African spirituality and they were working with their Rishas and they were calling the Rishas goddesses, which I understand like for some spaces, maybe you just need to the translation, but for the amount of work they were claiming they were doing, they were calling them goddesses and they clearly didn't understand the association. Um, and so like they're, they were so brave and willing to work with their Rishas with not even understanding the history and the culture and actually how they can really mess you up. But um when I mentioned that <laughs> I still ate meat they were just like you should really consider not eating meat anymore mm, I'm yeah. like girl you should really consider not messing with an orisha yeah <laughs> yeah but it's like such a disconnection right because it's like uh-oh Nike froze 
there we go. You're back. You froze. Oh, sorry. Say that again. No, you're fine. I'm saying there's like a there's a lot of sentiments. That's also kind of like my beef with the spiritual community. I hate saying I'm spiritual because then people have certain um expectations or like mm-hmm. stereotypes of you. Mm-hmm. So you'll tell someone yes. I'm spiritual and they'll be like, I'm spiritual too. And they'll say like, so um, do you work on your chakras? And I'm like, well, no, not really. That's not just a spiritual thing. Some people do, some people don't. Right. Um, there's so many segments within it. And I think um, that again is very mimicking of society because like in Western society, for example, what is mm-hmm. the dominant group of right. spirituality and religion? Christianity and so it's normalized right like people say Merry Christmas people say God bless you it's very normalized so when we mimic that in spirituality we're just creating another version of something that is just as harmful just looks prettier Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's just wrapped up a little bit nicer it's wrapped up a little different wrapped up but it's still it's still that hierarchy scenario it's still I'm better than you because of xyz and Mm -hmm. it's still you're going to some different place that's not as good as this. Like, definitely, that's yeah. that's been my beef the last two years with COVID and the spirituality uh, community is 3D, 5D, we're in 3D, get over it. It's not worse. Yeah. It's not better. Like, it just is what it is. So yeah. that's been my I beef. I don't even get the Ds. I don't know what that is. <laughs> I don't get the D's either, um, but in a different way. Anyway, I digress. Uh, this is why we need Alexa here to kind of ring me back in. But, but yeah, no, it's just different, different dimensions. I don't think one is better or worse than the other. It's just different. But yeah, which you makes can't sense. fully ascend until you die. Yeah. And also the way that people are so confident, I don't know if it's just that like, I don't believe anything. Well, I believe in things. But I'm also, also always questioning, like people are just so confident about their answers, right? Mm. They're like, no, like after this, this, this will happen. And I'm like, but how do you know? And they're like, I had a dream. And I'm like, I've had some dreams. Especially <laughs> when you have the flu and it's just, different dreams are the worst. Fully. Yeah. So it's really I'm, and I maybe it's like a coping mechanism, right? Like that's what makes you feel good and feel like okay with the living. So you're mm-hmm. like, okay, I can make it until there. But I always think about that too. I'm like, well, how do you know? Right, right. Yeah, how do you know? Yeah. That's a good, good question. <laughs> ah, all right, Nike. This has been so fun. I love chatting with you. What, how can people work with you? Are you taking clients right now? And... How can people get in touch with you? Yeah. So right now I really just do consulting and I plan healing retreats. So with my consulting, it's helping um, businesses create safer spaces for BIPOC. Um, If you're not BIPOC, it's really hard to create a safe space for BIPOC, uh, Black and Indigenous and people of color. So if you want to broaden your audience, if you want to make more money by not limiting who you are appealing to, uh, work with me. That's what I help people do. I help people implement green flags into their social media, into their space. I help them understand the language that they're using and make sure that it's not harmful um, and to understand any generational um, anxiety or any generational things that are popping up in their own business that might be impeding them from scaling or making more money or 
uh, creating authentic com communities. Um, so I do consulting in that sense. And right now, um, my ancestral healing retreat waitlist is open um, for 2023. And we do ancestral healing. And this upcoming one is also going to be inner child work. Um, the last one was really amazing. And it was really insightful. Um, so if you're interested in that, you could sign up for the waitlist where you'll get an exclusive deal and you'll also get access to, um, an, a free ancestral healing session. Ooh, and they're good. I've had one and they're amazing. They're absolutely <laughs> worth it. So yeah. I would definitely sign up for the waitlist. Um, yeah. and how can people find you on social media? Where are you? Mm -hmm. So I'm on Instagram and TikTok as Nike Aurea, N-I-K-E-A-U-R-E-A. -E and then my website is the same, but with a dot com. Um, and my email is the same, but with at Gmail and my notes, or it should be in the show notes. And yeah. um, I'm in the group, the Inner Boom group too. If you haven't joined already, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> what are you even waiting for? Join our group. Yeah. Uh, good time. Thank you so much, Nike. This has been so much fun. And I love personally working with you. So highly, Aww. highly recommend Nike. So thank you. All right. Until next time, everybody. Do you want to say it? Oh, keep on blooming. <laughs> <laughs> I you on the spot. All right. Bye. Bye. If you've enjoyed this podcast, we would love, love, love it if you would leave a rating and review on Apple iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. If you would like to get in touch for a reading with Ambi, an EFT session with Alexa, or just to say what up, you can email us at innerbloompodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram and Facebook at innerbloompodcast. Podcast.